heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Got a good show for you today. On first down is the criticism of Ted Thompson, which I'm going to refute. Second down, what's wrong with the quarterback? Third down, Mike Pinnell in hot water again. And fourth down, how about that Pro Bowl voting? Uh, before we get rolling, though, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Lockdown Podcast Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, and Lockdown Seahawks to get you ready for Sunday. And please check out my work over at PackerReport.com, which is the home of the world's best preview. Pack Report members, through the end of today, Wednesday, get 15% off tickets. Seattle's coming to town. You want to go. I will save you 15%. And also, uh, members receive 10% discounts on Fanatics. Two great ways to take care of your Christmas shopping. And you or renewing annual members get Sports Illustrated. So feel free to send me a thank you note later for all that good stuff. All right, first down, and it is some criticism of Ted Thompson. When the Packers struggle, which of course they have this year, I hear I get two things from fans. Well, they're just too damn young. They got too many young guys on the roster. Ted Thompson's too cheap to play, sign any veterans, so they get all those young guys, and they're not any good because they're too young. And then there's criticism number two. And this came out, you know, when, when they came out of training camp this year with six undrafted rookies on their roster. Well, that just shows the Packers roster isn't very good. He hasn't drafted very good. He doesn't have enough veterans, so he has to keep all these rookie free agents in there. That means they're not any good. Like that, I hope you like my impersonation of the <laughs> upset Packer fan. Um, here's the truth. When the week one rosters, um, I mean, after week one, the NFL comes up with, here's a look at the week one rosters. Green Bay's average age at that point was 25.50. That made them the fifth youngest team in the NFL. Seattle, average age of 25.57. Tied for the sixth youngest roster in the NFL. To start the season, Green Bay had 14 rookies on their roster. Only two teams had more. One of those was Seattle with 16. Um, Even today, Green Bay has six rookie free agents on the roster. Seattle has seven. And if you look at the total roster, I mean, if you look at the the roster overall, Seattle has 15 players who went under the NFL as college free agents. Green Bay has 14. So again, Seattle has more. Seattle's list includes eight starters. They have eight starters who entered as free agents. Um, Starting receivers Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse. Left tackle George Fant, or it's George Font, I'm not sure. That's the good thing about being a writer, by the way, is you never have to worry about how you pronounce a guy's name. You just spell it. Well, unfortunately, I do this podcast thing, and I, and I never think to look beforehand because I've, you know, I've been writing for, what, 20 years? So I never really think to look. So it's either George Fant or George Font. So let's start this over. <laughs> Since I went off on a pronunciation tangent. Uh, receivers Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse. Left tackle George Fant. Running back Thomas Rawls. Fullback Will Tukwafu. 
Linebacker Brock Coyle, cornerback Deshaun Shedd, and safety Stephen Terrell, who replaces Pro Bowler Earl Thomas this week. So they have eight starters who are college free agents. Now, I didn't even look at the kickers. I mean, they, they might actually have more when you look at the, the kicker, punter, snapper. But just talking about position guys, they've got eight. So why is that? Since I, I've just basically destroyed two myths right there, why is that? Why are the Packers and Seahawks so young? When you have a good team, and you've been good for a while, eventually you have to pay players. And you look at, and there, there are two ways to go about this. One is the New England way, where you let go of a lot of your really good players. You let them go, and as a byproduct, you have a pretty healthy middle class of players. I'm talking that three to four million group of veteran guys, um, solid players, not great. I mean, at that at that price, they're not. They certainly weren't like highly sought after players, but you know, they're they're good players, good role players, experienced players. You know, glue guys, if you want to call them that. That's one way you can do it. Or you can do it the way that Seattle and New England have done it. And then as you pay for all your super good guys, you, it's the star system. You, 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 you pay seven guys, and you fill in the blanks. And if you look at Seattle, here we go. Look at you know quarterback Russell Wilson, salary cap number of 18 and a half. Cornerback Richard Sherman, cap of about 14 and three quarters. Tight end Jimmy Graham, cap of nine. Receiver Doug Baldwin, cap of eight. Defensive tackle Michael Bennett, cap of seven. Defensive end Cliff Averill, cap of six and a half. Linebacker KJ Wright, cap of six and a quarter. Safety Cam Chancellor, cap of 6.1. And linebacker Bobby Wagner, a cap of 6.1. So right there, those eight players take up $85 million on the salary cap. Now, the cap this year is $160 million. So you've taken up more than half of your cap with eight players. So how do you fill in? And it's, I mean, it's sort of in Green Bay. It's the same deal in Green Bay where you've got you know eight guys who take up half the salary cap. So there's no way of getting around it. If you're going to pay all of your top guys and they're going to eat up half your cap... How do you get around it? You keep rookies. Rookies are cheap labor. And college free agents are the cheapest labor of all. But those rookies and those guys who are on their rookie contracts, you know, years one through four, those guys are cheap because they're, they're, they're slotted contracts. And they, therefore they have, you know, it, you know the way the NFL had it set up is they, they, they had the NFL rookie salary scale and they kept those players cheap as a way so you could pay your veterans. And that's what Seattle and Green Bay have done. They've, they've paid a whole lot of money to their top you know, eight guys. And at that point, you just fill in the blank. Does Seattle really want to have um, the aforementioned Fant slash Font as their left tackle? Or do they prefer to keep Russell Okun? Well, I'm sure they'd prefer to keep Okun, but at some point, you can't keep everybody. So you let good players walk. It's just the way it is in the NFL. And, and Green Bay and Seattle are the personification of that. So... That's why you have, of two of the best teams entering the year in the entire NFL, they have a combined 30 rookies on the roster. That's just the way it is. So the next time that your buddy says, well, Ted Thompson, he's got too many damn rookies, and he won't play any, he won't pay any veterans, and look at, look at all those rookie free agents on the roster. That means he's drafted badly. It doesn't mean any of that. Look, you, you know, there, there are only seven rounds in the draft, so therefore... 
you get seven draft picks, or maybe you get six, or maybe you get eight, depending on trades or compensatory picks. It's really not enough. You, it's not enough piece. It's not enough players to add every year. I mean, unless you go bet a hundred or bet a thousand in the draft, you have to fill in the blanks. Where you know what? If you draft eight guys, and maybe five of them pan out, but at the end of the year, that's you know, at the end of the day, if you if you get five good draft picks every year, you take it over four years, you've added twenty players. You get therefore you get twenty players on that rookie salary scale, and you've paid eight veterans a bunch of money, and you got some cheaper veterans, but. It, you know, maybe up your thirty or thirty-two players at that point, you've got to fill in the blanks then, and, and that means college free agents and a lot of them. Just looking at the forecast for Sunday: a high of twenty-eight, a low of seven, which means we're getting pretty chilly at night, and snow for the three twenty-five kickoff. Seattle, a three-point favorite, with an over/under of forty-six. If that kind of stuff interests you. You really should check out BetDSI.com, and my friends over at BetDSI have a great football special. Sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They've got great customer service and fast and easy payment of winnings. They've got hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can even bet on the NHL. They've got European hockey. They've got like soccer in Europe. You name it, you can bet on it. And BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI. So go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use my promo code PACKERS10, that's PACKERS10, to get your free wager and start winning today. And that takes us to second down and criticism of the quarterback, who's having a down year. And you look at his career passer rating to what the passer rating is this year. It's down about eight points, and... Oh, you know what? I'm talking about Russell Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers. And it's it's funny where Aaron Rodgers, you know, criticizing Aaron Rodgers is, is I think employs like half the people in America. If it wasn't for um, NFL analysts criticizing Aaron Rodgers, I believe the national unemployment would be unemployment rate would be seven percent. But fortunately, Rodgers has struggled, so the unemployment rate's like five and a half or whatever it is. Um, it's interesting. You go back to the start of this year. Aaron Rodgers is the number one passer rating in NFL history at 104.1. Russell Wilson was second at 101.8. And you go back to last year, Wilson led the NFL with a 110.1 passer rating. And if you couple that with the Rodgers down here, Wilson really cut, really closed that gap in all-time passer rating last year. Well, well, the football world has been fixated on Aaron Rodgers' numbers. Wilson's pass rating is 93.7, and that is 8.1 points less than his career rate coming into the year. He's still number two all time, but that you know it's he's he's struggled. But no one talks about it. It's it's the damnedest thing where you know, like I mentioned, with half to half the you know, what the unemployment be, unemployment rate would be without Rodgers struggling. No one talks about Wilson's struggles. You know, last year he threw for 4,024 yards. And 34 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. A great year. This year, I mean, he's on pace to actually beat that in yards. But he's thrown 12 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. So he's on pace for 16 touchdowns. Pretty good math, right? 12 touchdowns, 12 games. That's one touchdown per game. <laughs> so he's on pace for 16. More good math for you here. 
That's less than half of last year's 34. If you look at, if you look at yards per attempt, he's down more than a yard from last year. And it's, and it's you look outside the numbers here, too, that, that um, these aren't involved in pass writing. But look at his numbers on third down. He's 25th in the league with a 75.8 passer rating on third down. And he's 26th with a 53.3% completion rate. So by his standards, Wilson's had a down year. He's still obviously a damn good quarterback. And just like, you know, no, no different than Aaron Rodgers, who's struggled statistically by his standards. But Wilson certainly is capable of putting together a big game. If you, if, you know, look just a couple weeks ago when... When Seattle went into New England and won, Wilson threw for 348 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and a 124.6 pass rating in that game. So he's certainly capable of doing it, and he's certainly capable of doing it against a Packers secondary, which has struggled for most of the season. And we'll get more into more of this um, tomorrow when we do our, our weekly matchups podcast. But... Thomas Rawls is back, um, who I mentioned earlier. The running back, he missed seven games with a broken tibia. Um, last week, in last week's uh, blowout victory over Carolina, Rawls ran 15 times, 106 yards, two touchdowns. So he, he's their best running back. He's back, and that, that certainly is going to help Wilson. And he's got two really good targets. Um, receiver Doug Baldwin, 68 catches, 832 yards, five touchdowns. And tight end Jimmy Graham, of course, would be the bigger problem here, considering Green Bay's troubles all year with tight ends. He's got 57 for 769 and five scores. So the two trouble spots here, one, as I just mentioned, Green Bay being killed by tight ends. Gosh, I mean, geez, even last week where uh, C.J. Fedorowicz and Ryan Griffin of the Texans both had big games. Graham is one of the elite guys in the league. And then the second trouble spot is obviously Russell Wilson can move the you know, last time they played, a guy like this would be Marcus Mariota. Mariota had a huge game. Marcus Mariota also had a great running game as a Spools, and Seattle might have at least a good one with the return of Rawls. That takes us to third down, and Green Bay's defense will be a bit shorthanded for Seattle and the rest of the regular season after the suspension of Mike Pinnell, which the league announced on Tuesday. Here's the statement from the league. Mike Pinnell, the Green Bay Packers, has been suspended without pay for the team's next four games for violating the NFL policy and program for substances of abuse. Pinnell's suspension begins immediately. He'll be eligible to return to the Packers' active roster on Monday, January 2nd, following the team's January 1 game against the Detroit Lions. This has been kind of the uh, expectation here for a couple weeks. Uh, the Packers played Pinnell, I believe, like seven snaps against uh, against Houston on Sunday. It's a big blow. Pinnell's a pretty good player. You know, he, he opened this year with a four-game suspension, too. He never really bounced back from it. He was really good at the end of last season. In fact, he basically had taken the starting spot away from Latroy Guyon. It was a timeshare, but Pinnell actually became the starter and played a bit more than Guyon. And, that, I mean, that's how good he was. Got suspended in the offseason, missed four games, and, ne- and just it never panned out for him this year. And with suspension number two, you wonder what his future is going to be in Green Bay. The Packers, that opens up a roster spot for the Packers as I talk to you on Wednesday morning. And I'm talking to you a bit late on Wednesday morning because that, my dog decided to throw up on the, on the white carpet. But, um, so I talk to you on Wednesday. They have, they have not made a move. They, they can make one. Um, defensive tackle Brian Price is on the practice squad. They could go that route and just swap out one D lineman for another. 
But they still have five. They've got Mike Daniels, Latroy Guyon, um, rookies Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, and second-year player Christian Ringo. So they could just go with those five if they wanted to, or they could promote Brian Price. Another option would be from the practice spot, practice squad, practice squad. Also, undrafted rookie Reggie Gilbert. He's an outside linebacker. Obviously, the Packers have a lot of injuries there, uh, with Fackrell missing time, uh, Nick Perry's hand, Clay Matthews' shoulder, and maybe they need to put him at inside linebacker. So that's that's another route to go. And they, and they only have two tight ends in the, on the regular roster. And Devon and Devon uh, Kajust. Or Devin Kajust is on the practice squad there, so he, he'd also be an option. But it's you know the Packers are gonna be going forward without one of their better run defenders, and it's gonna be up to the rookies to uh, kind of pick up some of that slack. And you know Kenny Clark played I think seven snaps against Houston too. He's uh, you know it's it's gonna be Clark time. <laughs> you know <laughs> Pinnell, Mike Pinnell made that defense made that tackle for loss against Houston. He pointed the back of his jersey and then pointed it to his wrist like it was a watch. It was like Pinnell time. Well, Pinnell time is over. It's time for the rookies to step up and fill up some and pick up some of that slack. And real quickly, fourth down, and that would be the Pro Bowl voting. The fan voting it continues for another week. Go to NFL.com for that, if that stuff kind of stuff interests you. It does not interest me whatsoever, other than this. The Packers, who of course are, you know, unbelievably popular around and around the country, and they get a lot of Pro Bowl votes usually. They've got nobody in the top five, not a single Packer in the top five of the Pro Bowl voting. I'm not talking top five overall. I'm talking top five by position, not even Aaron Rodgers. It is it is remarkable to see not a single Packer. But there are two former Packers in the top five, which I thought was kind of funny. One, uh, former Packers guard Josh Sitton is the top vote-getter among guards. And former Packers fullback John Kuhn is number one among fullbacks. So there might be somewhat of a Green Bay flavor in the Pro Bowl with Kuhn if, and, and Sitton. Of course, I think Sitton's hurt. Um, but not a single Packer. And it'll be and, and with the Packers' struggles, will will Rodgers maybe get some votes um, when the players and coaches vote? Because you know, everybody holds him in such high regard. And I think a lot of the fans bought into the what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers narrative. So... Again, Pro Bowl voting, I'm not sure what it does for you. It doesn't do much for me. I just thought it was interesting that the Packers have zero players in the top five of their positions. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please check out the rest of the great Locked On Network and subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. I'm here every Monday through Friday. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Analyst.